The following sermon was delivered by Rev. Laurel Gray at the Unitarian Universalist Congregational Society of Westboro, Massachusetts. Our reading this morning is from the book, The Good Life, Lessons from the World's Longest Scientific Study of Happiness by Robert Waldinger and Mark Schultz, who are respectively the director and associate director of the Harvard Study of Adult Development, which began in 1938. The study followed a group of participants throughout their lives and is now following their children's generation, collecting data about the human experience as it's happening over the lifespan of its participants. The book is fascinating, but expansive, so we're going to focus on one part of the research. They call this the importance of unimportant relationships. Here's an excerpt from the book. Henry Keane, when asked for his definition of a true friend, gave an answer that, may, that many of us would probably agree with. A true friend is someone you can always count on for companionship or help if you need it. This is the kind of friendship that social scientists would call a strong tie. These are the people we know will be there for us when things go wrong, who lift, up, who lift us up when we're down, and who we are prepared to support in their times of trouble. When most of us think of important friends, these are the relationships that come to mind. But a relationship doesn't need to be one of our most frequent or intimate contacts to be valuable. In fact, few of us realize that some of our most beneficial relationships can be with people we don't spend a lot of time with or don't know very well. Even interactions with complete strangers carry hidden benefits. Consider the most common and simplest of interactions, buying a cup of coffee. When you go into the coffee shop, how often do you talk to the server? How often do you ask with genuine interest how they're doing, or how their work is going that day. You may or may not be in a habit of doing this, but either way, most of us probably wouldn't think of these interactions as important. Is that true? Do these interactions matter at all? In one fascinating study, researchers divided a set of participants into two groups. One group was instructed to have an interaction with the barista and the other to be as efficient as possible. The researchers found that people who smiled, made eye contact, and had a social interaction with the barista, in this case a complete stranger, came away feeling better and with a greater sense of belonging than those who were instructed to be as efficient as possible. In short, having a friendly moment with a stranger was uplifting. Small moments can provide an uplift for our mood and they can help balance out some of the stress we feel. An annoying commute can be softened by a short conversation with a security guard at work. A sense of disconnection can be alleviated when we say hello to our mail carrier. These kinds of minute interactions can affect our mood and energy throughout the day. If we get in the habit of seeking out and noticing opportunities for these daily uplifts, over time, they can have far-reaching effects, not only for us, but for our social networks as a whole. 
Repeated casual contact has been shown to foster the formation of closer friendships. And sometimes even the most casual contact can open us up to whole new realms of experience, they write. When I left San Francisco, I was saddest knowing I would never see the fig guy again. I'd lived in San Francisco for several years in my 20s and was moving back to the East Coast for graduate school, which meant this whole life I had would become a faraway place. And somehow that fact got boiled down to the fig guy at the farmer's market. I had no idea what his name was, or at least I don't remember, but he was there every weekend, cheerful and bearded and consistent. He sold figs and other seasonal fruit. He taught me about different types of persimmons, how the smaller squat ones you eat when they're hard, but the bigger acorn-shaped ones can only be eaten once they've turned to mush. Otherwise, you would learn, like I had, that they'll coat your entire mouth with a bitter chalkiness for hours. I remember the belly laugh that overtook him when I confessed my error. The fig guy was one of those people that was part of the fabric of my life, who was kind and amused and present. And I didn't really know him. We weren't friends, just people in the world offering some unrestricted kindness. We often get hyper-focused on the biggest relationships in our lives, especially during weeks like this, when romantic partnership is on so high a pedestal. But connection comes in many forms, and the people we hardly know, what sociologists call weak ties, are an important part of the fabric of our lives. We all felt this during the pandemic when our lives were boiled down to quarantine pods and we only interacted with those closest to us. The fabric of connection was lost and it resulted in a pervasive feeling of loneliness. I think it's also why so many of you said that this congregation became even more important to you during those years, because the connection to a wider group was a balm to the loneliness and struggle. And this need for connection isn't incidental. It's not superfluous. In the beginning of the book, Waldinger and Schultz write, we are often asked to summarize the findings of the Harvard study. When we really think about the consistent signal that comes through after 84 years of study and hundreds of research papers is that one simple message. Positive relationships are essential to human well-being. And as they described in the passage I read earlier, positive relationships are something of value even when they're casual encounters. This from a BBC article on the power of weak ties. Gillian Sandstrom, a senior lecturer in psychology at the University of Essex, decided to investigate the extent to which people derive happiness from weak tie relationships. She asked a group of respondents to keep a record of all their social interactions over the course of several different days. She found that participants with larger networks of weak ties tended to be happier overall, and that on days when a participant had a greater number of casual interactions with weak ties, say a local barista, a neighbor, a member of a yoga class, they experienced more happiness and a greater sense of belonging, end quote. It's a kind of love that's often overlooked, 
that we can miss if we're rushing, if we don't know that relation that the relation that our relational landscape has such a profound effect on every aspect of our lives. As Waldinger and Schultz write at the end of the book, good relationships keep us happier, healthier, and help us live longer. This is true across the lifespan and across cultures and contexts, which means it is almost certainly true for you and nearly every human being who has ever lived. People need people, not one person, not the perfect romantic partner or best friend, though strong ties do have a significant impact on our lives. People need people, plural. We need the world outside our homes to help us feel whole and vibrant. We need the fig guy at the farmer's market and the barista who knows will never order coffee. We need to be known, and we, in equal measure, are needed by the world. We are also someone else's kind stranger, someone else's passing moment of humanity. One of the most encouraging parts of the good life is the research that shows we can make different choices that foster a deeper sense of connection in our lives. We're not fated by strained familial relationships or the choices we've made in the past. We're never too messed up or too stuck to choose to prioritize our relationships. Now, I suspect, given that you're all here, that some part of you knows you need connection to live a good life. But in a world that holds wealth and fame and success, whatever that means, as the pinnacle of achievement, prioritizing human connection seems kind of squishy, maybe even a waste of time. But wealth and fame and success do not actually lead to a meaningful or satisfying life. It can actually lead to great loneliness and suffering. The science on this is clear. People need people. We need to feel connected. It is perhaps one of the simplest and yet profound truths of what it is to be human. So spread a little extra love where you can. Amen and blessed be. Thanks for listening. For more information about what's happening at UUCSW or for ways to get involved, visit us online at uucsw.org. All are welcome.